This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So everyone's going to be wondering, who's this new, who's this new voice? Like, who's this dude on the car, you know, talking to you about the Carlotta Botox, right? I have no idea who he is. Wait, who? (laughs) It's me. I'm sorry, who are you? It's me. Sean. It's Sean. So, uh, so I have known Anne for quite a while. Uh, Anne was actually one of the founding members of the Fable and Folly Network. Might have been the first member of the Fable and Folly Network. You told me I was the first. I think you are. I I don't even think I told Eli before Ma- the I told maiden you. voyage. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I I basically founded the Fable and Folly Network, uh, and so I've sort of been involved in just watching what you're doing. And I'm a also a massive fan. Thank you of Carlotta Botox. Um, I don't know if that did the umlaut come through or the little. <laughs> thing, when I, when I um, I'm fascinated with the. And I think your fans and listeners are going to be fascinated to understand a little bit more about the highs, (laughs) wherever those come, and the lows that you experience creating the Carlotta Botox Chronicles. I want you to go back in time to, you know, uh, you know, a little more naive and like still jaded from the whole TV and industry, but, you know, coming into this podcast and creating it all from scratch and, and sort of what you expected and, yeah. and what were some of the like moments where you're like, oh, this is yeah. hard? Yeah, it it's um it's hard to grow an audience, and and I I think I was very naive about that. I think I thought I just put out a show and it is magically discovered, and I found mm. out very much the hard way that's that's not it at all. You have to do marketing, which is my background, which should and could come very naturally to me, and weirdly it didn't in podcasting because it was a very, very different animal than what I was used to. Um, So I found out the hard way that I need to do a lot. And I think we sometimes think of social media as the only thing to do. That's the most natural. We put out, we tweet and we put out Instagram and we, and we do little uh, snippets of our show and we put them out. That's great, but it's a limited, um, it's limited engagement at the beginning. I feel like a conversation that starts in your inbox by way of an email is much more focused. Yeah. Whereas social media has more reach, but it's not as focused. And it took me a, quite a while to figure that out. So, and I kept seeing going to podcast conventions and hearing people saying, you need a newsletter, you need a newsletter. I'm like, I don't think I, I don't think I need a newsletter. I don't think, what would I do? What would I talk about? So I sort of jumped in. It was a little bit of a baptism by fire. Like, well, let me try this. And I did, yeah. I did do a newsletter and I called it the tea spiller. 
behind the scenes peek. Yeah, thank you. It's because Carlotta's always spilling the tea on Hollywood, and I'm mm-hmm. gonna in the newsletter I spill the tea on the making of. I remember in the early days of email newsletters, they were always from this weird address, right? Like ssl.listserv.whatever. Right. And and nobody would hit reply, right? right? Like it was, and yeah, there's this new thing that happens now where you get somebody to actually write you back from, from something you put in the world. Yes. Have you had that happen? I had that happen in the last week with my latest edition of the tea spiller. I have a, I did a, you know, I use that for sometimes behind the scenes things yeah. Uh, spotlights on actors and all kinds of crazy stuff is in the newsletter and it varies month to month. But I did a spotlight on Trevor Lesur, who's my actor who plays Dave. And a lot of people don't know he was on the 90s sitcom hit Sabrina the Teenage Witch. What? He was one of the roommates. And so there are a whole lot of 20 and 30 something podcast listeners who were preteen listeners of Sabrina. And and because I put this in the newsletter, this one person said, I had no idea because they don't know the name, but they know the right. face. And I had a picture in my newsletter of Trevor and like, oh my God, that's Miles from Sabrina. So, and in the spotlight that I did, I did links to Trevor's other properties. He's a musician and he has a kid's show and he has all, the, all kinds of things. So this fan of Trevor's... Um, was able to now follow him. And she and I had this back and forth kind of discussion about that. And I, so I feel like I, I helped a Sabrina fan <laughs> find, find, and that has not, in a way, has nothing to do with Carlotta, but it has everything to do with Carlotta. It does. And as someone that comes from marketing, right, who's, who faced the frustration of how do you build an audience, like that engagement is what we need. Yeah. The, the ability to have actual engagement with our fans and our listeners is is the holy grail, but it's hard to do with the tools mm-hmm. that we often start with, right? Right. Right? And and it is exactly. one of the reasons, I think, why I push everyone for a newsletter and why every conference, because I also didn't have one for a while, right? Um, mm-hmm. Same thing. Podcast movement, not too many years ago, I hate to even admit, and I bumped into Chris Vasquez, uh, who's the head of product at Aweber, a beautiful, lovely man, and, uh, and that's when I started. But... Um, but it was that same conver- – the conversation I had was around – he was asking me, how many conversations do you have with your listeners where they just talk to you? They reply to you. They – right? And so let's but, – but anyway, so let's move on. Like one of the um, – one of the questions when we're a creator of something uh, like Carlotta Botox is, is like how do people – how do people attach themselves, right, to a property or something they love? And so, of course, there's social. You could just follow an account. But it's pretty passive, right? You're probably mm-hmm. not going to see what that account posts. Um, right. And then a lot of us in the podcasting space, we have a Patreon where you can give money. And that's like the it's like the super fan, right? It's like the super patron. There's right. not a lot in the middle where people can say, hey, I can't give you money but I really want to follow and support what you're doing. Right. And, and I feel like that's some place where um, email really fits, right? Because they still mm-hmm. have to share something valuable, which is their email address. We all get enough email. Right. 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 Um, and so like, what is it like now when you think about looking at your, your show and your marketing and your growth? Like what, where do you see, like, how do you look at email? Well, if you engage with people in that middle ground where they're not ready to support you on Patreon, that's an opportunity to convert them. 
but you have to give them something valuable. Yeah. So I want to bring those people into our world. And what I use the newsletter for and email is to give those people who are listeners, but not patron supporters yet, I give them some content and it kind of falls into two buckets. It's either behind the scenes stuff, like I talked about before with um, spotlights on actors and just kind of what I'm doing. If I'm doing a panel, I promote that. But it's also, I use the newsletter for in-world content, stuff from the point of view of Carlotta Botox. So it's an extension of the show in a way. Um, Just as a rough example, during last summer when we were in quarantine, we did a Carlotta Botox miniseries called Quarantined, where the character is in quarantine. I love the artwork because it was a mask. It was great. it was a mask with her lips on it, which I I yeah. have a I have a physical <laughs> mask and I wear it and I get looks. Let me tell you, um, <laughs> but um, the in the newsletter I did a drink recipe for a yep. quarantini, which was like a martini, but with other things in it. It was a legit recipe, but it's that kind of thing. It's a little bit of an extension of plot points or what's happening in the show that you're not going to get on the show. So that's a little gift to anyone who's going to sign up for the newsletter. You're going to get extra content uh, uh, in world and behind the scenes. One of the cool things about audio fiction is that a lot of our audience are also creators, if not yes. all of them, right? Whether they they have their own podcasts or they're writers. Yes. So one of the really fascinating things is what you're talking about because everyone who's a creator can benefit from having a communication vehicle with their fans, right? Yes. Something that's in between social and give us money. Emails are great that you're talking about, but the biggest concern of any creator is how do you approach that? Like, how do you make this content so that you can still do it? And how often are you sending an email? I send them once a month. And I have to say, in the beginning, when I first started doing it, I had that fear, like, what am I going to do? And then I realized I don't have to panic. It doesn't have to be terribly long. And just, it could be anything. So think outside the box in terms of, um, you literally can do anything. And I came up with this idea of doing recipes. And they're always called Carlotta's Recipes (laughs) for Disaster. They have nothing, drinking (laughs) cocktails has nothing to do with our show, but it's just, it's, as I said, it's an- There's some drinking cocktails in your show. There's some, there's some. I was in one of those scenes (laughs) with the pod, the pod, what is it? The- the Podocytis, which sounds like something you need a cream for, but it was a podcasting (laughs) convention. Um, So my newsletter is kind of a mishmash of stuff. I stole some stuff from you. Did you know? I Good. I saw you doing recipes and I did a recipe in mine for like, I think it was one of the fairy cakes for Egerton. I, I put it in a recipe. Yeah. Awesome. It was a lot of fun. To, it was a lot of fun to come up with it, to like figure out how you would name it. Yeah. I think it's um, as long as you're just open-minded and, that, and you put that creative energy into that you're putting into the show, into a newsletter, it doesn't take long to come up with a newsletter at all. And the thing I really love about AWeber, I'm not terribly good at technical stuff. And AWeber has templates that are really like drop and go, and which was perfect for me. One of the things that's so critically important when you are creating something that sort of requires support from your listener base, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, if, if, if we're creating a podcast and we don't have backing by, I don't know, insert big media house here Mm -hmm. right if we don't have that backing then we're scrambling to pull it together right we're we're looking at patreon we're looking at indiegogos or kickstarters or or you know pulling money from our day job and uh maybe small investments from family or friends maybe all Mm -hmm. those things and 
one of the things that becomes I've seen over and over again is the ability to fund a project is intrinsically tied to how many healthy communication vehicles you have access right. to. Right. Right? Like how active is your social? Like and how engaged is it? Or your Tumblr. Tumblr can be amazing. Yeah. Right? Like or you know, like my, my Twitter accounts, like my personal Twitter accounts, like, okay. And then my show accounts, I'm horrible. Yeah, so that's not healthy, yeah. right? Those aren't healthy for me. How many different ways you can engage your audience is really important because I think a lot of the failed attempts to launch a new thing are often because people just don't know about it. Right. right? There's so much noise out there. So that's why we're talking about it so much. So it's funny. And you were talking about funny little things in the newsletter. Mm-hmm. I started putting this stupid little one-line joke at the bottom of my newsletters for one of my characters. I just make it. It's often horrible, horrible pun. It's the thing I get the most comments on. And it's at the bottom. So I think people like scroll all the way to the bottom just to respond to this joke. That's funny. I think I'm going to steal that from you. (laughs) That would be great with There's like a light bulb over my head that people, (laughs) ding, I just got an idea. That's really a funny idea. I want to switch gears. It's not easy. Right. It's not easy being a creator. And it's certainly not easy being a creator that's on the fringe of this new thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Called called audio fiction. Yeah. What would you say to someone that's just out there and they're and they're going through one of those darker spells? Like, you know, one of those I'm doing it all wrong and it's never going to you know what I mean? Like, what would you say to someone? Yeah, I I would say just breathe. Stop looking at download numbers. Think more broadly. Don't panic. Try everything. Think of it as there's a wall and you have a bowl of spaghetti and you just throw stuff against the wall to see what sticks. Some stuff you will will find surprisingly is sticky and will bring people in. But you don't know it until you try it. Don't do what I did when I first started was like, I do not need a newsletter. And I when I was at a convention there was a nonfiction podcaster saying you need a you need a newsletter. That made sense to me, but I could not wrap my brain around how a fiction mm. uh, creator needed one. And then it became extremely apparent, as I said, about extension of the of the 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 world. So I'd say to people, don't just not don't panic, don't give up, don't panic, and try a lot of different things. It's a struggle to get those numbers to climb and. And most of us don't understand what does it still, right? We're still trying to figure it out. Still a mystery, yeah. Like, I know people who have numbers that are, you know, 10 times what you have right now mm-hmm. and who are very upset and depressed. Yeah, yeah. Everyone measures success differently as well. My show's numbers are not through the roof by any stretch. It's not a genre show. I think a lot of podcast listeners really love certain genres and those are the genres I'm not doing. So you so it isn't your fault. It's just it's very niche in a way. And I Yeah. And and that's kind of what interests me personally. I want to find those niches that are underrepresented and then hope the audience will find them. And that's what it's about is audiences yeah. have to ultimately find your show and that takes time. But in the meantime, oh. you just do your show don't worry too much about downloads. It's really, really hard to have discipline to not check every every day. And I was doing that going like, oh, man. Like, for example, last year we dropped our musical episode, which was oh. the most ambitious thing we've done. I was really excited about it. We dropped it in March when COVID oh. hit the fan. And it, <laughs> it was like the least downloaded episode. I was so bummed. 
But that happens. Life is going to happen. The world was on fire. The world's on like, fire. Hey, like, over here. <laughs> silly musical, y'all. Come on. You know, so, so and the reality is the musical episode is still there. It's still yeah. sitting on the feed. It's great. And you can find it or not, you know, whatever. Um, so, so you... That's going to happen too, and you you just have to look at it in a macro sense and not a micro sense of what's happening today. My show didn't get the downloads today. Oh no, that's awful. It's not awful. You just have to be patient, which is very hard, very very hard to practice and to preach. But yeah, but do it. <laughs> be patient. It is. It took. It took. I think year four before Alba's numbers started to climb. Wow. They were nothing. Wow. They were nothing. Wow. And the only difference is we had put it out in the world and sort of been like, I'd been like, um, oh, well, that's over. Move on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, it was just a one-time thing that I thought we were doing. Eli, I think, was sitting there checking it all the time. Mm-hmm. And he was struggling a little. But, um, but yeah, for me, it was suddenly like, what's happening? Like, four years later, these numbers are starting to climb. And in that case, it was because somebody did it. Do you, do you know Imager? I-M-G-U-R? Yes, yes. Yeah, I I never go to Imager, but somebody just did a graphic with ten podcasts to listen to, and then just because of the internet, that went viral. Interesting oh, for wow. whatever reason, yeah, because it was early in yeah. fiction podcasts, and that's what got our numbers on the chart. And but it's like I couldn't predict. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people be like, "Oh, I want to start up an Imager strategy." No, right, <laughs> it's not right, how it works. Right. But it took four years. Right. Um. And and you know we had I guess we submitted to some things during that time, mm-hmm. like different for awards, whatever. But 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 I, that's a that's I guess it's like a book or it's like uh, anything else where it's like it can take this long time of continually investing effort in something that can feel like it's not delivering yeah. what you hoped yes. right and that's hard and it's it's interesting like the idea of don't start an imager campaign it, that's my spaghetti on the wall theory. It, an imager might not stick for someone else, but it's stuck for you. And that's great. Right. I think the other thing that we uh, tend to forget about is the is the importance of put as a creator, putting yourself out there, doing panels, yeah. uh, signing up to be on other podcasts. Yeah. As uncomfortable as that can be sometimes. And I do freak out every time. I get so nervous when I have to do a panel. But then when I'm doing it, it's like it's ridiculously <laughs> fun. I did a women editor's a panel just last week and some of the people were nonfiction creators and some were fiction. There are people who absolutely would not know anything about my show. And if you're listening to that panel, now you do. So. Yep. And it's the networking that is so critical, right? Right. And surrounding yourself and making those connections to other creators is really hard because a lot of us creators seem to we seem to lean as a little strongly towards the introversion side of the equation. Absolutely. But I think creating those that network will pay off, but it's another one of those long drive things, right? Yep. I want to talk about the elephant in the room because it's never effing talked about. Go. That's not a swear if I say effing, right? No, it's a letter. Okay. So that's, and that's comedy. Comedy does not get the respect. Like, I, like it, we, it's harder to get press. It's harder to get mentions. It's, it's harder to build an audience. I don't know, but I don't know why. I have to tell you, when I wanted to dabble, and it was dabbling, I wanted to, uh, I was intrigued by fiction podcasting. I had heard, I think the first thing I ever heard was Tannis and maybe the black tapes. Oh, they were, they were yeah. just, they were horror and drama and they weren't comedy. And I, in looking around, I saw there were 
There were a lot of sci-fi shows, drama, horror. I didn't see a lot of comedy. So I'm like, well, this was my kind of logic of like, if I'm going to experiment in this space, let me try something that that I don't see represented a lot. And that was situation, situational comedy, screwball comedy. There are a handful of Little them. Little did we know, they all knew something we didn't. Yeah, right, exactly. The same thing. Exactly. So I'm like, I am going to forge ahead into this new medium. And, uh, oh, but I do think the audience yeah. is there. They just, it, they, it is. I always say that my audience doesn't know this exists yet. <laughs> Uh, but I that is 100% was... true, yeah. and it's hard to stay in that mindset. So yeah. I'm glad we talked about this because I think I think so many behind the scenes are, are so focused on the tactics and everything, which is great, mm-hmm. like things you can think about and do. But I think it's really important to understand that it's hard. And, it, and, I, and I know you have listeners that are also creators. It doesn't matter what they're creating. Right. And right, it's it's really hard sometimes to be like, they're out there, I just have to keep going. There's a bias in success where we look at successful shows and go, oh, well, they do X, Y, and Z, so I should do X, Y, and Z. Right. But the thing that all successful shows share that they generally don't want to talk about is luck. They were in the yes. right place at the right time for a connection, and that took staying in the game for the years sometimes. Some people get it maybe in the first year. Some people, it might take five years. Right. But you have to stay in the game for that event to happen. That's hard. And I I do think the idea of replicating a show that you love is not unique to fiction podcasting. That was absolutely the case in television. You'd see a successful show like Lost. In the following year of development, there were there were twelve losts. It's like no, yeah. they they're not good. So if you yeah. and that's pure luck. It's just the thing that hits in the moment. But the idea of following it or coattailing it, jumping on somebody else's coattails and replicating in a different way with different characters, doesn't work. Yeah, and. Right. We as creators, you are not just a show creator. You're not just the writer, the producer, the director, uh, the, the, the coffee runner mm-hmm. <laughs> Like when your cast needs coffee. Uh, you know, you're you're all those things, plus marketing, mm-hmm. plus technical, plus <laughs> like finance. Um, and 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 so the hard part, I think, is, and something I admire you for is you have put all the tools in place. Thank you. You have social media. You have a newsletter I've stolen things from. <laughs> you you know, you and and the interesting thing is when you do have that moment, the pieces are there, right? Versus someone that's like trying to scramble and be like, I don't have a newsletter. I don't have a social media, right? I would say, and this is a kind of a cautionary tale, bring all of these elements into your production and your show and your but do it incrementally and don't rush. Yeah. Um, If you try to do all of it at the same time, you will burn out. So I feel like you're calling me out here. I'm calling me out. I'm calling, I'm calling me out. I mean, I kind of rushed into things. I was like, oh, I should have waited yes. on Patreon or not waited on Patreon, but I did too too much Patreon at the top. Like I'm yeah. going to offer all of these different benefits yeah. and categories and I'd have one person do Patreon in a manageable way to start. Do a newsletter in a way that is manageable. Maybe it's every other month, maybe whatever it is. Then you can always scale up. But if you scale it up all the way at the top, the only thing that's going to happen is you will burn out. I love it. And it was a delight to talk to you. It is so insightful. And I, yeah, well, everyone listening to this is a fan. They know how amazing your show is. I've adored it since the beginning. Thank you, Sean. 
You're welcome. This was a great conversation. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks so much to Sean. It's always such a treat to chat with him about all things podcasting. We did talk a lot about newsletters and email, including the Tea Spiller, the official newsletter for the Carlotta Botox Chronicles. If you'd like to get started with your own email list, why not check out Aweber? I use them, and so does Sean. Get started building your email list with Aweber today for free and let them know I sent you by going to aweber.com slash Carlotta. That's A-W-E-B-E-R dot com slash Carlotta to get started today with your free account. Thanks so much for listening. I'll talk to you next time. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. What's this all about? What about nightmares? We need to leave. What are you doing? They can't tear out your soul anymore, Stuart. Ominous Thrill, a new audio fiction anthology. I've done horrible things. Tell them what you did. I, I didn't do anything. Tell me. No! Character-driven tales of obsession. I'm no psycho. I'm no psycho. Banging on my door and streaming it on the internet. Revenge. Don't mind if I sit here and watch lights go out, do you? The unexplained. We can't help her. I have a doctor. We're leaving. No! I need the light. You want me to fall down the stairs? No. I want to push you. I love you so fucking much. Ominous Thrill. Available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere. Flesh splits open. Oh, yes. Thrill you later.